And welcome to Reim Ahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I am so happy that you are joining me today on jrootradio.com, which could be found on jrootradio.com, jrootradio hotline, jrootradio app. For those of you who are new listeners, here's what we do. We try to learn and develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection that you have with your spouses in your marriage. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but what we do is we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for waiting for me. It's a little hard to get parking outside with, with all the snow. I'm telling you, I don't know how everybody's doing it. Which, actually, I have a really great story about the snow. <laughs> I, I, let's save it for later. Remember, I won't forget. I have a really great story about the snow, which I think will completely, completely connect to your relationships in your home. Today, I, I want to do something very, very important. I feel like I always say, oh, this is very, every show is very important. It's true. Every show is very important. We're talking about your marriage. We're talking about your shalom bias. We're talking about your house, your shalom bias. The Shechina in your house, the Kedusha in your house. Do you have Kedusha in your house? Is there Kedusha? Tonight, when your husbands are coming home, when, men who are listening to this in your car, when you're going to see your wife tonight, okay, what, what's going to happen? Is it going to be like, oh, hi, how, how are you? Listen, did you do this? Did you do that? How about the other thing? Like have a regular conversation like your wife is your friend. Your wife is not your friend. Your husband is not your friend. Remember this. I, I think I spoke about this last week. This is so important. Your relationship with your spouse is not like your friends. This is your spouse. This is your king. This is your queen. And that's how it's supposed to be. You know how sometimes when life sort of starts taking a toll on us, you know, Shana Rishona, oh, wow. Okay. I wasn't even going to go there, but I have to talk about this. Listen to this. Shana Rishona, before you get married, you know, there's some weddings going on these days. Even though there's snow, still Baruch Hashem Simchis wedding last night, not other weddings that, 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 you know, that we're going to, a wedding that I had to go to last night, unfortunately I was not able to make it, I'm so sorry, there's so much going on, working with people, Baruch Hashem, but what I can tell you is like this, is that, you ever go to a chasana, you ever go to, you ever, you, ever, you know, you go to a chasana, you go to a wedding, and it's like so exciting, and the chasana and the kala, when they're walking away from that wedding, the chasana and the kala, the chatan and the kala, right, when they're walking away from that wedding, what type of conversations are they having with each other? Is it, oh, by the way, do you like it? Yeah, it was nice. Uh, what did you like? Yeah, the dancing was good. It's like, no way. They're so excited. They're so excited. They're so full of like this positive affect, positive emotion. I am so excited. I'm going to live with you for the rest of my life. Wow, that's amazing. Is that the way you feel about your husband now? <laughs> Is that the way you feel about your wife now? I, I'm going to live with you for the rest of my life. I am so excited. Like Greenfield, come on. You can't compare. That's, it was new. It was different. You know, I, I know all the excuses. But the question is, is what is supposed to happen in our houses if we're, if we're to bring Kedusha in our houses tonight? tonight? Oh, some of you might be listening to this tonight. I'm like, forgot. Yes, for those of you who do not want your husbands to hear the show, want your wives to hear the show, uh, we do replay it on Monday night at 10 p.m. And you might be listening to this right now on Monday night, 10 p.m. And what we're saying is that in order to bring the Kedusha, because that's what it's called. It's called Kedushin. Rabbi Greenfield, you know, there's other things that are holy. No, no. 
what Masechta is called Kedushin, right? It's not Baba Kama talking about, uh, about damages. It's not talking about uh, finding things. It's not talking about Karbonos. Wait a minute. Karbonos is a very holy. As a matter of fact, it's called Hektish. Yeah, it's called Hektish, but the Masechta is not called Kedushin. It's called Hektish, right? No, it's not called Hektish. It's called Zvachim or, or, or Tommy. Other names of the Masechtas, but the most important, or I should say, the one Masechta that's called Kedushin is your marriage. It's called Kedushin because that's how you bring the Kedusha in your house. And I'm telling you right now, if it's day by you right now, by the way, this is a live show, January 28th, 2016. You might be listening to this Monday night which is January something other, or maybe it's even February, I'm not even sure. But, uh, ah, yeah, it is going to be February 1st. But what I'm saying to you is, if you're going to spend time with your spouse tonight, today, right now, is there Kedusha in your house? Well, how do I evaluate Kedusha, Rabbi Greenfield? How do I tell? First of all, is there fighting? Because if there's fighting in your house, the Kedusha's not there. I could guarantee you. That's number one. Number two, is there a loving atmosphere in your house? How are you talking to your husband? How are you talking to your wife? I, when you pick up the phone right now, you speak to wife. Is it hi? Do me a favor. Don't forget about the whatever. Why does it have to be that way? Really? Why does it have to be that way? Don't forget to go to the bank and, and don't forget this. Are you texting your husband back and forth? Why? Why can't you say something loving? Like seriously, seriously. I don't care how long you're married. You're married for forty years. I don't care. Say hi. How are you? I miss you. Can you? Can you? If you don't mind, if you have a chance, go to the bank. Could you go to the bank? You know how different that conversation is. Then, oh, by the way, uh, go to the bank. Uh, by the way, don't forget the cleaners. And, and you know, I had a whole issue with the snow today. It's like, hello, hello. Is this about Kedusha? Is this about connecting? Is this what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants? Well, how important it is? Yes, it's, we bring the Ramam all the time. We bring other Chazal, Mamer Chazal. We spoke about the Gemara last week. There's nothing more important, period. Nothing more important when it comes to Kedusha. Nothing more important. And uh, learning to- of course, learning Torah is important. I'm not trying to take that away from the men, as a matter of fact. Many men are not learning Torah, and it's a big problem. But the Ramam says that all the Torahs for Shalom, when he says, end of Hilchas Chanukah, he says, when he talks about Shalom, he says, all of the Torahs for Shalom. All the Torah, because would raise his own name for Shalom. There's nothing more important. If you're not having Shalom, bai, listen to me, this is very important. If you're not having Shalom, if you're married, and you're not having Shalom bai in your house, I don't care how much Torah you're learning. And I'll say this because I've spoken to Gadolim about this. It doesn't make a difference. If you don't have Shalom bias in your home, you have a big, 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 big problem. Really big problem. I just saw a brought down from a Sefer, Schneer Cutler, quotes from his father of Aaron Cutler that one of, the, one of the most basic goals in life is to feel connected to your wife. Do you hear this? This is Rev, Rev Schneer Cutler. This is actually brought down in what Sefer? I just saw it. Someone showed it to me. It's bought down in Rebrevda, right? Rebrevda Sefer on marriage. He brings down from Rav Cutler, who heard from his father of Aaron Cutler, that one of the main goals in one's life has to be that you feel connected. Not just everything is good, we're not fighting, everything is fine. You feel connected. There's devakis in your home. Kedusha in your home. That happens with a, with, with a loving theme, yes. That happens with, of course, respect, of course, appreciation, but there's got to be that, that theme of ahava. Ahava, of course, is about giving, but also a certain tone of talk, of every time we converse, every time we speak to each other. Oh, but Greenfield, it's easy for you to say. It's not easy for me. To, it's not easy for anybody to say. It's very, very hard. Of course it's very hard, but that's where we have to aim, and we might not be successful every day, but that's where we have to aim. Today, what I want to talk about, thank you for listening, by the way. Today, what I want to talk about is like this. I want to talk about 
I want to talk about emotions, behavior, and judgment and regulation of thought. And you're going to see that this plays a big part in your relationship with your husband or with your wife. Ladies and gentlemen, this is very important. Many of you have an assumption. Well, maybe you're not because you're listening to my shows, but many people out there have this assumption. It's, it's a toxic assumption. Toxic assumption. Listen to this. Very important. People have an assumption that your spouse's behavior is based purely on how he thinks or how she thinks. And I'm going to repeat that because it sounds like pretty, what do you mean? Like, what are you saying? You're assuming that your husband's behavior or your wife's behavior is based on how he or she thinks of you, of the children, other people. Meaning behavior is based on how we, behavior is based on cognition. Right, so we got two two parts in our minds, right? We have the we have the cognition, the das, right? Called das, called bina. This usher bina is also cognition, different part of cognition, right? We see atachonelam das dea bina. There's different terms when it comes to cognition. There's different parts of cognition. Derech agav. By the way, I want to say something important. Um, you know, we talk that many times we judge people by how smart they are, like especially men. I'm not talking about women right now. Because women, women understand, all, all women, but I think most women understand that it's not just how smart you are. There's a whole other emotional IQ. There's a whole other piece that defines a person. And it's not just how bright you are. And I'm, I'm not talking about me those now. I'm just talking about being impressed. Wow, you're so smart. You can be very smart, educationally smart, but they're different. The studies have shown right now there's different, they're different IQs. It's not just one IQ, oh, he's very good at math, or he's very good at science, or he's very good at, 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 uh, at English. That's great. But how about his emotional IQ? How about his uh, affective IQ, which is, which, is, which is really a more professional way of, 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 of saying emotion, but affect is a little, we can't define it right now, but what, what I could tell you is, is it's that, that stark contrast to the cognitive the cognitive component in our brains. And the reason I'm talking about this is because a lot of the tsaras that go on in our houses is based on, how could you talk like that to me? How could you, how could you say that? How dare you talk like that to me? I, I can't believe the way you're talking. Is that really how you think about me? You know what? If that's how you think about it, I, I don't even know why I'm married to you. Honestly, I don't even know why I'm married to you. And, and this is based on an assumption that behavior or communication, I should say, communication is based purely on our cognition. It's based on how we think. Guess what? It's not. Now, I've been saying this for a very long time. I've been saying this based on, I guess, studies that I've seen in the past. I've been saying this based on the experience that I have, Baruch Hashem, working with couples, a lot of couples. And, and I've been saying, just analyzing marriage, realizing you, it's not what you see is what you get. When your husband says something to you, if you're going to say, What? What did you just say? Are you serious? It's not what you see is what you get. It's not. It's not. It's not WYSIWYG. It's not. And same thing for husbands. If you take what your wife says, and, and, and sometimes you're going to feel like your wife, she's saying things about you. You're like, how could you say that? If I would have a videotape in the house, if I would have a tape recorder in the house, maybe I'm dating myself over here, I have an MP3 recorder in my house, I would show you that what you're saying is lies. You're just, you're, you're, you're making things up. You're making things up. How could you say that? You're pushing a chakrin. You're a chakrin. You're a liar. And then we could get into a big fight. But I, I want to take it 
a step beyond that. I want to see what the science says about it. And you know something? I, I, I said to myself, you know what? We talk about it so much on the show. We talk about hats, being hungry, angry, tired, or stressed. And I say to people, don't take your husband seriously. Don't take your wife seriously. They are impaired. This is a test of the emergency broadcasting service system. Your spouse is now impaired. If you're going to take him seriously, if you're going to take her criticism seriously, or your criticism seriously, what's going to happen is you're going to chase the Shechina from your house. So just be mevater. Just let it go. Let it go and don't take him seriously. I know this is hard to say. You know, People, Baruch Hashem, by the way, thank you for all your feedback. I always appreciate the feedback. And, and I'm so happy that people who listen to the show, Baruch Hashem, are integrating the skills and tools. It's not just, you know, oh, that's Rabbi Greenfield's show. It's a wonderful show, Baruch Hashem. That's not my purpose here. My purpose here is to take the skills and the tools that you are listening to here and integrate them, implement them in your relationship and see how it makes a difference. And that's the Avaida. The Avaida is not just to listen to me. Okay, we, we should listen to Rabbi Greenfield. No, it's not that. The Avaida is what? Is to take what I'm talking about, and, and it's not me, you know, basing on Chazal and the Torah of Hulu, and what? And integrate it, put it into your relationship. See, it's not, it's going to make your relationship different. But remember, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot. Oh boy, it takes a lot of work. Rabbi Greenfield, yeah, I'm happy you know that because it takes a lot, a lot of work. So, anyways, get back to this over here. I want to quote to you here, okay? I know we've been talking about it so much, but it sort of quantifies it when you, like, sort of cite a study. It's important. I mean, okay, of course the Torah speaks, but, but it, it, if you see that the research, for certain people, for certain people, you see that research has been done on this? So I, here's, what I, here's what I'm quoting you. This is from Trends of Cognitive Science. It, it, it's, it's, uh, the manuscript is actually available online, PMC 2008, July 23rd. Um, it was pu uh, published and finally edited in 2007. Um, the, the journal, it's from page 393, 399 in the journal. For those of these, I'm telling you this because in case people want to follow up on the study, you could look it up yourself, okay? Like this. And, and the title of this study, which I think has complete shaykhis, let's call it, shaykhut with your marriage, is called this. How Emotions Inform Judgment and Regulate Thought. And it's written by, by uh, Gerald Clore, Jeffrey Hunsinger. And, and again, the assumption is, the, the false assumption is that my husband's behavior, the way he talks to me, the way he's acting, is because that's, that's who he is. That's who he is. He's just like that. you know. Or my wife is just, when she says to me how horrible I am, um, I guess that's how she really thinks about me. And that's how you feel. And that might crush you because that's not the MS. Listen to this study. Listen to this study. Okay. Here's the abstract. And I'm quoting you. Being happy or sad influences the content and style of thought. One explanation is that affect, whenever I, by the way, whenever I say affect, I'm talking about emotions, okay? Affect serves as inf information about the value or of whatever comes to mind. Therefore, when a person makes evaluative judgments or engages in a task, positive affect can enhance evaluations and empower potential responses. Now, rather than affect itself, the information conveyed by affect is crucial. I actually think it's critical, but it's crucial. Tests of the hypothesis find that affective influences can be made to disappear by changing the source to which the affect is attributed. In tasks, in tasks positive affect validates and negative affect invalidates accessible cognitions. And I just want to re repeat this particular line. This is so important. Again, in tasks, that means they've They've had tasks, they've had studies. Positive affect means positive emotion validates 
And negative affect, that means negative emotions, invalidates accessible cognitions. You see the connection of emotion to cognition? leading to relational processing and item-specific processing, respectively. Positive affect is found to promote and negative affect to inhibit many textbook phenomena from cognitive psychology. I want to quote you this. Listen to this. And I'm, going, I'm literally, it's not my own words. I'm literally quoting you from the study. Theorists commonly assume that people's attitudes and judgments reflect information about the object of judgments. But people's evaluations also reflect information from their own effective reactions. In, in social situations, for example, the crucial factor in our evaluation of other people is often the feelings that they elicit in us. However, knowing and feeling are tightly linked. You hear this? Uh, knowing and feeling are tightly linked. And disentangling them requires methods by which affect can be varied independently of belief. Early experiments using emotion-arousing films to induce mood showed that affect could influence attraction to other people over and above cognitions about them. Inductions of mood through film, music, and writing tasks have since become standard research methods. Do you hear what the study is saying? This is, this is a study. This is a study, again, it's, it's published in uh, journal Cognit uh, Trends of Cognitive Science, uh, written by Gerald Clore, Jeffrey Hunsinger. You can see them PubMed. This basically is telling us that our emotions have direct connection with our cognition. So we're going to tell what does it have to do with me? I'll tell you what it has to do with you. What it has to do with you is when you see that your spouse has his hats on, when you see that your husband comes home and, oh boy, he's a bear. Oh boy, he's attacking, he's criticizing, he's, he's, he's mamish like, like a, like a chaya, like a vilda chaya. Oh, my, my husband is acting like, a, like an animal, chas v'sham. You going to take him seriously? Is that what you want? You want to engage him? You want to get into the tit for tat? Guess what? You're wasting your time because he's on an emotional high or an emotional low, whatever it is, and that's affecting his cognition. So even though he's telling you some really terrible things, really, really terrible things, you're going to take him seriously? You know what you're going to do? You're chasing away the Shekhinah. Saying, Shekhinah, bye-bye, bye-bye. I'm interested in Kedusha because I'm going to engage my husband. I'm going to take him really seriously now. I really am. Or, or men, I'm talking to you as well. That what? You're in, you're in this disagreement with your wife. Of course, you should never get into disagreements, but let's be real, right? You're in disagreement with your wife. And all of a sudden, your wife says something, and you're like, what? Are you serious? Is that what you think about me? Is that what you're saying about me? I see this in couples all the time. And, and the men are like, I don't believe what I just heard. I don't believe it. Like, I have to write a list of all the things that I do for her because everything goes out the window. I feel like everything goes out the window. Well, hello, did you just hear the study? Emotions and cognition? She's at an emotional low right now, and that's what she's going to say. So Rebecca Greenfield, does she really believe that about me? Does she really believe I'm such a horrible person? Does she really like, like, like squashes me like that? Completely squashes me? This is how I should feel about my wife? And I've done everything for her? And you expect me to have Shalom Bice in my house, you might ask? Well, guess what? I do, I do expect you to have Shalom Bice. I'll tell you why. Because you're taking her seriously. Yeah, because you're taking her seriously. Of course she's upset. She's very, very upset. So she's saying things. But she means what she's saying. Maybe right now she means what she's saying. Because right now her emotions are correlating her cognition and this is what's coming out give it a little time apologize reassure her show her how much you love her i know how hard it is but do that show her how much you love her show show her reassurance show her some empathy and you're going to see it's all going to go away but Rebecca greenfield she said some horrible things like come on come on do i have to deal with that 
No, in a Hanami, she shouldn't be saying those things. And if you want to negotiate about it and tell her how much it hurt your feelings, you could maybe try to do that. But you know what's even better? Just let it go. Like, seriously, let it go. Don't take her seriously. Move on. Move on in life. You're going to let her go? You're going to take it seriously? Ladies, you're going to take your husband seriously when they come in like a beer. They haven't eaten anything. Husband hasn't eaten anything, okay? He's hungry. Yes, and it, it affects the mood. Hunger affects the mood. Sleep affects the mood. Stress affects the mood. I should say affects the affect, because affect means mood, right? It all affects the mood, right? Many things affect the mood. Uh, sleep, um, hormones, there are so many things that can affect the mood. So what should I do? Like, feel, I'm going crazy. Don't go crazy. Just hold on tight. Let it go. And as, as attached as you are to your spouse, because by the way, attachment is not a bad thing. Attachment is a good thing. If you're emotionally attached, emotionally dependent on your husband, on your wife, in a certain way, it's good. But when you come over, you become overly attached to your spouse. When you're like, oh, my husband's upset at me. Oh, my God, I don't know what to do. I'm so upset. My husband's upset. My wife's upset. Of course, take it seriously, but it's going to kill your whole day. Maybe they're in a bad mood. They're just displacing their, ups- their upsetness. So you know what? Don't take them seriously. Give them what they need because I'll tell you what. I'll tell you about. By the way, I'll tell you what they need. You want to know what your wife needs? She needs to feel loved. That's it. She needs to feel loved. She needs to feel cared for. She needs to be reassured. She needs to be appreciated. And if she feels that, trust me, it's all going to go away. Everything you heard is going to go away. And ladies, you know what your husband needs to feel? He needs to feel achieved. And if he hasn't made money during the day, if he hasn't gotten a lot of bills during the day, if his boss threatened to fire at him, or even if he went to Kolel and had a hard day because his chavrusa wasn't there and he didn't feel accomplished, instead he was sitting in the back drinking coffee, schmoozing with his friends, he's going to feel horrible. Because your husband, an achievement-based person, is going to feel horrible. He's going to feel really, really horrible. So what am I saying? I'll tell you what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't take him seriously. And what I'm saying is move on. And I'm saying provide your husband what he needs. In this case, your husband might need validation, empathy, meaning telling your husband, tell me about your day. Oh, that's horrible. That's terrible. And you know what's going to happen? Let me tell you what's going to happen. What's going to happen is you're going to want to give him advice. Both ladies and men, you're going to want to give your, your husband or your wife advice because you're looking at them and you're like, don't worry about it. Don't take it so seriously. Don't get emotional about it. You might not say that. You might say, don't get emotional about it. But you'll say to your husband or your wife, you'll say to them, I, I think you're taking it too much to heart. I think you're taking it too much to heart. The husband will say to his wife, I think you're taking it. So you got into a, sister, a fight with your sister. You got into a fight with her in the past also. Whatever, don't worry, it'll be over. You're taking it too much to heart. That's not going to resolve the problem. Don't put on your Bob the Builder fix hat and think that's going to resolve the problem. That's not going to resolve the problem. You know what's going to resolve the problem? Listening to her. Validating her. Empathizing with her. Ladies, I hate to say this. I'm talking to you as well. I really am. Because your husbands need it as well. They really do. They need the empathy. They had a hard day. They're not feeling accomplished. They're feeling underachieved. They feel the financial stress. What they need is just the empathy, just to say to them, wow, that's crazy. I can't believe that must have really pressured you. That must have really pressured you. Now, ladies, when you hear this, I know I'm asking you for a tall order here. When you hear you know, about the financial pre- the pressures and, and, and the financial issues, of course, it affects you also. You also get nervous. But go beyond yourself. You know, be, be like a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Keil Rachum V'chanon. Right? At the end of mode, Val Chazdecha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Chesed. That what? HaKadosh, we, we, this is an opportunity for, for us to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to be like Hashem. You know how we connect to Hashem? We're like Hashem. We're mevater, and we're saying, you know what? The finances is also getting me nervous, Moshe, Yaakov, 
David, don't say that to him. Think about that in your mind and then say to him, wow, you had a really hard day. You're, you're very, very pressured financially. I, I really feel bad. As much as I know I feel bad also, but I see it's making you crazy and I feel horrible. I'd love to help you whichever way I can help you. And men, <laughs> your wives, could only help you in cert to a certain degree. They, they have their own responsibilities. I know some of you don't want to hear this. I'm so sorry, but I'm going to say it anyways. It's not their responsibilities. It's not their responsibilities. Now, realistically, in today's world, a two-spouse a, a, a two income is sometimes necessary, but it's not their responsibility. It might be necessary, but not responsibility. We can't have any tightness. We can't say, well, how come you're not this? How come you're not that? It's, it's necessary, and I'm going crazy here because I, uh, I'm not making enough money, you might feel. I'm just not making enough money. I don't know what's going to be in the future. You can't blame your wife. You, you feel upset. You feel resentful. You feel resentful, but I don't know. Could, could, you know what? Forget about what I'm telling you. I'm asking, could, we, could you blame your wife? You can't blame your wife. So you know what? You want to de-stress. You want to speak about it. Ladies, listen to your husband. Just say, wow, that's horrible. You had a really hard day. I'm talking about finances. You know why I'm talking about finances, ladies? Let me tell you why I'm talking about finances. I'm talking about finances because men have a very, very strong emotional connection to money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm very serious when I'm saying this. Men have a, 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 a very... I've been seeing this with, with many people. It's very important for everybody to hear. The what? Many behavioral processes are connected with emotion. They're connected with emotion. And if we're going to treat it as a behavioral process, if we're just going to treat it as like a cognitive thing, it's just like a, okay, you're saying that, you're feeling, it's not. It's very emotional. It's very, very emotional. What am I talking about? I want to start talking about finances. For men, and I think every man who is listening to me right now, whether you're in the car, whether you're in your house, where, in your app, I know you agree with me. If you don't agree with me, call me later on. For, for a man, finances is not just, okay, I got to support my family. I, you know, I don't have enough money. I pay the bills. This and that. It's, not, it's not just that. It's a whole emotional baggage. It's a very big old. It, it, it's a yoke. It's a yoke. It's an emotional yoke. And it's a battle between Amuna and Betachon and, and, and the yoke. And Baruch Hashem, many of us, you know, well, that, unfortunately, today, a lot of people are... In today's economy, it's very, very hard, and people are not doing well, and especially living in America. It's like, whoa. I mean, I know some of you listen to this in Eretz Yisrael, and in Eretz Yisrael, you also have financial pressures. But I will tell you, in America, there's a lot of financial pressures. Yes, there's a lot of financial pressures. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the everything from, from the food to the rent to, 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 to everything that happens costs money. Just the fact that there's snow right now. There's snow, right? So this is, I don't know when you're listening to the show. Maybe you listen to the show in the summer, but right now. January 28th, there's a lot of snow, right? There's a snow, and you got to buy shovels, and you have salt, and you want to hire someone to clean for you. <clears throat> it's like, whoa, where did this come from? All these other, and, and the yeshiva break, and the girls have off, and maybe the boys have off, and everybody's going, everybody's going on vacation in certain communities. A lot of communities, people are all going on vacation. They're going to Florida, to the Bahamas, to this. I'm not getting into that. You should go. You shouldn't go. People go. I'm sure they're doing it in a kosher, kosher way. Baruch Hashem, they want to relax. Nothing wrong with relaxing. But the problem is, the problem is when you can't afford it. You can't afford it. And everybody's doing it. So what are we going to do? So let's find do something for free. But we can do something for free. I see a lot of people are going through financial pressure. But I want to tell you, ladies, for the men, it's not 
just a financial pressure where he wants to make the money. It's a certain all. And when he doesn't make it, doesn't feel achieved. It's part of his psyche. It's a tremendous, tremendous stress. Tremendous stress for the men. And to tell your husband, to tell your husband, listen, I hear you, but maybe you're in the wrong job. Maybe you should get a different job. Maybe you should go to school. Maybe, maybe you should, uh, I don't know, get, get another part-time job. It's not going to fix the problem. I'm sorry. It's not going to fix the problem. He knows all the solutions. Trust me, he knows all the solutions. And, and, and while you're hearing this, you might say, but Greenfield, yeah, my husband doesn't really know all the solutions, and I tell him a million times, and that, well, he's not listening to you. He's not. He shut the door. And the reason he shut the door is because, number one, the most important thing is it's, it's a lot of emotion attached to finances. You hear me? And there's a lot of emotions attached to finance. It's not just a matter of saving money, putting it away, and paying the bill. It's emotions. And when a, when a man makes money, for many men, I say maybe most men, when they make money, they feel achieved. It's not like, okay, I have money now, Baruch Hashem. No, they feel like Baruch Hashem. They feel achieved. It's attached with self-esteem, self-worth. There's a lot of emotional baggage attached to money. And when you're going to tell your husband, why don't you just get a different job, or why don't you just... You know, don't be so upset the past your boss fired you. He's not going to fire you. Don't worry. Or whatever you're going to say, I'm telling you. And you might, by the way, you might have some very, very good solutions for him. You might have some very good solutions for him. But he's not accepting it for you. He hasn't accepted it for you for years. And if you want him to accept for you, I would say first focus on empathy. Rabbi Greenfield, I do it. I empathize. You don't do it enough. I'm telling you, you don't do it enough. I'm telling you, whenever I hear women tell me, I empathize enough with my husband when it comes to finances, I'm telling you, you don't do it enough. There's always more to do. It, it, it's, it's, like, it's like I tell the men, you're not loving your wives enough. You're not giving them enough love and attention. I always tell the men, you're, you're not giving them enough love and attention. You did, you did. I'm telling you the women. When it comes to finances, your husband many times needs the empathy. Now, a lot of you, Baruch Hashem, don't have to go through this. Baruch Hashem, your husbands have a lot of money. And you're very well off, Baruch Hashem, as far as financially. And you thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu every day. But still, your husband can have a hard day. He still could have had a hard day at the business with the stocks, with this, with that. And he comes home, and he needs the empathy. He needs the empathy. He needs the validation. He needs, he needs the reassurance. Not really reassurance. I would say more empathy and validation. And that's going to make him feel like... When I say empathy, I'm talking about, wow, that's crazy. It's so, this is so pressuring for you. And even though it's pressuring for you as well, ladies, it's so pressuring for you. You know, ladies, many times, many times you want your husband to go to the dentist. Or you want your husband to, I don't know, to go to the doctor for a checkup. And you're thinking to yourself, you know, you, you get these cavities. And the reason you're getting these cavities is because you never go to the dentist. You don't go to the dentist for cleaning nothing. And then you get these cavities and you're in pain. And it's like, oh, nebuch. I should feel bad for you. How many times did I tell you to go to the dentist? And now you have a cavity. I should feel bad for you. Yeah, I'm sorry, ladies. We do have to feel bad for our husbands because we don't understand our husbands. There's a whole emotional baggage when it comes to the dentist. Why? First of all, finances. Yeah, finances. He's thinking, okay, it's not so important. Well, just do it. It's important. Well, he's thinking what's more important maybe are the bills. Maybe it's more important. This is in his masculine mind, number one. Number two, control. <laughs> he doesn't want to be controlled. He doesn't want to be told what to do. Nobody wants to be told what to do. And your husband is very sensitive to that. Very sensitive to that. He doesn't want to be told what to do. Don't tell me what to do. I have to figure out on my own. <laughs> Rabbi Greenfield, thank you very much. So how should I talk to my husband? I'll tell you in a second. But the control aspect, number two. Number three, a lot of fear with going to the dentist. Yes, your husband. Your husband, a tough guy. He could be a pussycat also. He could be very scared to go to the dentist. Very scared of that drill. This tough macho guy, right? Scary. Who wants that? So there's a lot of emotions going to the dentist. Issues of control. Issues of anxiety. Issues of finances. A lot of emotions attached. This is the study. I told you the study. Because you have to know emotions are attached to cognition. 
And you can't have these regular conversations. When you just go to the dentist, just go to the doctor, just lose weight. You can't have these conversations. You have to be very careful and accept that there's an emotional component when it comes to these conversations. That's what you have to accept. So going to the dentist, go tell your husband, get another job. So Rabbi Greenfield, so what do I do? The first thing you have to do is connect to your husband's emotions. Tell him, I, Moshe, Yaakov, and find a good time, by the way. Just say, oh, by the way, hi, I started Greenfield Show, let me tell you. Find a good time, make an appointment with him, speak to him about other things, and say to him, Moshe, I, you know that I love you and I care about you, and I want to tell you, I, I feel like every time I bring this up, it causes you a lot of anxiety, and I want to say something. Don't argue with him. Say something, I understand. I really understand. I understand that this is this is this causes you a lot of anxiety. Whenever we talk about teeth, it causes you anxiety. And I, I'm thinking that the reason it's causing you anxiety is because A, B, C, D, because you're scared of dentist finances, whatever it is. I'm just wondering what what is it that causes you so much anxiety whenever we talk about the dentist? Why are you so anxious every time about it? Can you just tell me? I'm just curious. Then your husband will tell you, okay, actually you're asking me, I'll tell you why. I'm actually, I'm a, I'll tell you why I'm scared. Because last time I went to the dentist and he said, don't worry, it's not going to hurt. And you know what? He did a drill and it, it was really horrible. I don't want to think about it anymore. Now, at that point, ladies, you don't turn to your husband and say to him, well, don't worry about it. This time I found you good. Don't do that. You're still in empathy stage. Empathy stage is not two words when it comes to these trigger issues. You have to empathize a little more and say to him, wow, that's crazy. What happened? Well, the dentist told me that not to worry. He said to me, it's not going to be a problem. You're not going to feel any pain. And then he goes in with this drill. He puts some, some cream on my, on, my, on my gums. And boy, did it hurt. It was, it was horrible. It was really horrible. Really? That's crazy. Wow. That's nuts. Now I understand. Now I understand why it's, why it's making you crazy. Every time I speak about the dentist, I understand why it's, it's triggering you. Oh, I never got that. Wow. Wow. So what do you want to do about it? It's like, I don't know. I don't want to think about it. What do you want to do? Okay, fine. No, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. You know what? Connect. And maybe, maybe you should end the conversation right there and then. And now he feels that you're connected to him in a, in a genuine way, in a genuine way. You want to talk about the dentist, Vita? You know what? Pick another time and say to him, you know what? I was thinking about all the pain you're going through, the dentist. That's crazy. You really go through a lot of pain. And you know what? I, I, I love you and I care about you. And I feel bad every time you go for these cavities. I, I, re I really do. I really do. And I'm wondering, what could we do? Maybe we could go to a different dentist. Maybe first give him, what do you think we could do? Do you have any suggestions? Hopefully he'll come up with a suggestion and you'll take it from there. If that doesn't work, if that doesn't work, then use the leverage you have. Say to him, I, I even feel bad at this. Here's a conversation. Ladies, are you listening to me? This is very important. Here's a conversation you have with your husband. Say, Moshe, Yaakov, Shlomo, I want to talk to you about something, but I want to tell you, after I spoke to you last time about the dentist, I don't know what to say. Like, I feel so bad talking about it because I know that it causes you so much trauma. I know how much it causes you trauma. I totally understand. I totally understand. And I just, because I care about you and I love you and I don't want you to hurt and I see every time with it carries you so much hurt, it would make me so happy. And you know what? It would make me happy. It would make me happy if I could make an appointment for you. Now, your husband's going to get scared right away. He's going to get scared away. No, I don't know if I ever, so let's, you know, maybe I can make an appointment. Can I make an appointment for you in February? That, and if you go, it'd make me so happy. Use that leverage, ladies. Use that leverage. If you don't go, I'm going to be very sad. If you do, it'll make me happy because you do have that leverage. Your husband might not even know about it. He wants to make you happy. He wants to make you happy. And at the end of the day, if you talk to him in this type of fashion, empathy, 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 stress the empathy, and then move on to the request. And when you're making the request, you're not saying to him, I need you to go to the dentist. How come you're, whatever. Say to him, I know how hard it is for you, Moshe, but if it's okay with you, if it's okay with you, 
I, it would make me very happy if I could make an appointment for you next month. Is that okay? I'd really appreciate it. No, I don't know about it. Let me think about it. No problem. You know what? Have this conversation again with him. Three times. Yes, three times. It's not the way you're talking to him, a lot of you. A lot of you are just attacking him. I'm just telling him, you want you go. And you're right. I understand you're right. But you're not getting anywhere in edgewise with him. So instead, empathy, empathy, and more empathy. And you're going to see, using your leverage will make me so happy. On the third time, he'll say, fine, make me an appointment. Don't make it for next week. Maybe make it for a couple of weeks. And then whatever, he'll go. And you'll tell him, make me so happy. I'm sorry. But just be nice to him. And you know what? He'll do whatever you want. We see this in history. The, 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 how, ma how many of, of the... And we're talking about the Abbas and the Yemais. We're talking about all the couples in, in, in the history of, of Tanakh. How many women have made their husbands? Made them into what they are. How many? Countless. So many made their husbands into what they are because they empathized with them. They, they, they were, you know, they were that Azer for them. So, Kinegdo, not Kinegdo, Azer Kinegdo, where they're like against them. Kinegdo, opposite them. They were right in front of them. They were together as if to say, holding hands, let's do this together. This lives together. I know I'm talking to the ladies. It's true for the men as well. Men having problems. Men who are having problems in their houses, right? So you're, let's say you're, you're, your wife, she's, she's doing the laundry and everything, and she leaves the laundry on the bed. It's making you crazy. She's leaving the laundry on the bed. And you always come home and there's laundry on the bed. It's making you nuts because you have laundry on the bed. I hear this complaint from many men, right? So now the husband's like, well, how come you laundry in the bed? How come you I come to my house and get into fights, get into arguments about it, nonstop arguments. Just remember, your wife's action, her behavior, is directly connected to her emotions. What do you mean by Greenfield? She's emotional issue with doing the laundry and putting it away. Let me, let me tell you what it is. Let me tell you what it is. First of all, something called a personality. There are five personality factors. This is who your wife's personality is. You know, maybe your wife, your personality is to be very organized, very geschickt, very put together and structured. She doesn't have that personality. She has a more laid back personality. And by the way, her laid back personality comes in very good in many times where you get stretched and she's not stressed. Baruch she can handle the kids because you wouldn't be able to handle the kids. You know that, right? I'm just giving you an example. It could work the other way around also, obviously. But that personality works both ways. So this is the chasarn of the personality. So that's a personality. That's an emotional component. It's a personality, right? Number one. Number two. Number two. Maybe when she grew up, her mother was all very into cleanliness and putting things together. And or maybe her father was like that. Maybe her father used to berate her mother. Who knows what happened? You know. I don't know. You know what happened in your, fa in your, in your, your wife's family. And she saw this. So she didn't want that in her house. She wanted to be laid back. Subconsciously, she might just be testing you and just wants you to feel loved despite the fact that she's putting the laundry on the thing. I'm not saying that she's doing this every day, waking up on purpose, and I'm going to test my husband. I'm not going to be clean or neat. No, but what I am saying, it might be subconscious. This is the way she grew up. She, or maybe the other way around. Maybe the other way. It, could go, it could work both ways. It could work both ways. So there's an emotional factor to it. There's an emotional factor. Not to mention, many times this is practical. You're not a woman. And ladies are very, very, very busy with the baby, with the laundry, with the cleaning, with the this. Many ladies, not all ladies, you're right, not all, not all ladies, but many ladies are very busy. And some of them are working two shifts, so they didn't get a chance to do it. The point of the matter is, the point of the matter is to, to berate your wife, berate her, to say to her, here we go again. Okay, maybe, you know, I'll sleep on the towels. I'll just sleep on it. No. No, no. Number one, try to help her. Okay, I hear it. It's not my role. I shouldn't be doing this. No, but still try to help her. Try to help her. I'm sorry. Try to help her. Number one. Number two, okay, but it's her role. Empathy, guys. Empathy. Empathy. Sarah, Devora, Rivka, Menucha, whatever her name is, honey, whatever you call your wife, say to her, 
I know that this is very difficult for you. And don't come with your hats on and say this, because then it's going to come back out in a very bad, hard way. Find a different time. Find a different time. Don't go home. You know, don't go home and waiting for it to happen. If you know this is a pattern, you know this is a pattern, find a different time and say to her, Rivka, Sarah, whatever her name is, say to her, listen, start with empathy. Connect to her. You know, I, I, I feel like talking about it. I know it's really hard for you with the laundry in it and how much you have to do all day and you're so, 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 so busy. I even feel hard. I feel bad talking to you about this. I really do. That's called empathy. Connect with your wife because otherwise you're putting her on defensive. And even this conversation, by the way, is a dangerous conversation. Derech Agav. But I'm telling you, if this is really making crazy, with empathy and then say to her, say to her, it seems like it's really hard for you because A, B, C, and D. Maybe ask her, Maybe say to her, is, is it really hard for you? Either she'll say, no, it's not hard for me. Or she'll say, yeah, it is hard for me. And then you're like, wow, that must be really hard. For some reason, Rivka is driving me nuts. I don't know why. I, I guess it's me. It's, just, it's, it's me. It's me. So if there's anything that we can do together, listen, listen here, that we could do together, now, even though you really mean that she should do, but in a certain sense, you will also help her. You are helping her right now through empathy. She might tell you, no problem. Just talk to me this way and I'll just do it. Just the way you're talking to me. This is the way my husband's talking to me. I feel love now, so I'm going to do this for you because this may, this I feel connected to you. This is, I want to do this for you. I want to do this for you. How many ladies, when it comes to issues of, of, of looks, issues of looks, right? Whether, whether it's weight, whether it's, whether it's uh, other issues of looks that, that men, it bothers men that their, their wives, certain issues with, when it comes to looks and attraction, the hulu, that what? That ladies will say, I'll do this for my husband. I just want to feel loved. I just want to feel like we're doing this as a team. I want to feel like we're doing this together. You, you hear this, guys? You hear, you hear this, men? Are you listening to this? I, I don't care if you're Hasidish, Litvish, Sephardic, not Jewish. It makes no difference. At the end of the day, it's all the same thing. She wants to feel connected. If she feels like you're, as if to say, putting your arm around her, as if to say, and together with her, and just a feeling for her, like, wow, this must be very hard for you. This must be very hard for you. But if we could do this together, maybe you have an idea. Let's do this together. Or if now this together, maybe tomorrow, do you need, do you need me to do anything? Ask her, why, why is this so hard for you? Is there something? It'll make me really happy. Talk to her in a loving way. And then when it happens, like, wow, thank you. You did that for me. I really appreciate that. In a loving, empathic way. In a loving, empathic way. Not in an attacking, critical type of way. Because remember, her behavior is not based on her cognition. Her behavior is mostly based on her emotion, not on her cognition. And so is your behavior, men, based on our... I'm not making this up. This is a study, right? What am I saying? Here's a study. What's it called? It's called How Emotions Inform Judgment and Regulate Thought. It's direct. Yes, I will say it many times with your wives. It's much, there's, much more, there's much more of a connection between the emotions and the cognition. There really is. So speak her language. Speak English. And ladies, I'm talking to you too. I'm sorry. Speak your husband's language. Say to him, I know how, how, how you hate the dentist. I really know. I feel bad at talking to you about this. I really feel bad. But if you could do it, if I can make an appointment for you, it would make me very happy. Could I please? Uh, not now, not now. No problem. So find a different time. Try three times. Eventually, just do it. And when he does it, give, give him what he needs. Give him his candy. Let him feel achieved. Tell him, wow, you made me so happy. Or men, give them their candy, which is what? Feeling of connection. This feeling of connection, by the way, is, is a complete Torah thing. This is not like, oh, psychology, social behavioralism, like, hello. No, it's not. It's Torah. What? It's the purpose of marriage. It's the devakis of marriage. It's the shlemis of marriage. That connection, what I said to you, Roshner Kala says in the name of Ravaron Cutler, that what? This should be the goal, of, one of the big goals of your life, to connect to your wife. 
So she wants that. She has that program in her already. She wants that connection. Utilize that as leverage in your marriage. When you want to speak to your wife, connect to, to feeling of connection. And when she's upset at you, she's telling you, I never feel like I'm connected to you. I never feel like I'm connected to you. She tells that to you. I feel like you're never there for me. That's how she feels now. You're going to take her seriously? You're going to stop putting your das on her bina? Is that what you're trying to do? Well, guess what? You're not going to win. Your, your logic is not going to uproot her emotions. This works, for, by the way, for the, for, the, for the ladies as well. I would say ladies also, your emotions are not going to uproot his logic. But, but, but the main thrust of what I'm saying right now is that, men, your logic is not going to uproot her emotions. You want something done or you're feeling whatever you're feeling, you're feeling you're being attacked, you're feeling whatever it is, trust me. First, step number one, be mevater. Be mevater. Let it go. Don't take her seriously. She's very upset right now. You want to bring it back to you? You want to create that connection? So instead of that middle of that tit for tat, you're middle of that tit for tat, you're middle of fighting with your wife, chas v'shalom, and you're middle of that white fight, and you're trying to show her how you're right, and she's trying to show you how she's right. You're arguing about the whole, the whole argument is so silly and stupid. Yeah, I said it on the air. Silly and stupid. You don't want to know why? You want to know why? Because you're not really arguing about the content. You're not arguing about the content, about the window open or closed. You're not arguing about the cleaners. You're not arguing about the money. You know what you're arguing about? You're arguing about the affect. You're arguing about the attachment. You're arguing about one thing. You don't care about me. You don't care about me. That's the point. You don't care. So why don't you deal with the core issue here, ladies and gentlemen? Why don't you just dive right into the pool and deal with the core issue? And I'm really talking to the men because uh, women also, women also. But for the, I, I think it's more accessible for the men. So I would say, men, in the middle of the whole argument, whatever it is, just stop and say, you know, we're in a tit for tat. We're not going to get anywhere. I just want to tell you, I, I do care about you and I do love you. And I know we're disagreeing, but but I just want to tell you, I do care about you. That's it. That's it. I'm telling you, don't. You're going to completely change everything around. The whole conversation will change around. Now, ladies, if your husband's not doing this, don't be upset at him. This is very, very hard. This is very high level. This is very, very hard. It works. It works. But, but, but it, 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 it is very, 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 very hard. And I want to say something else here, something else very important, and that's like this. Many times Hashem tests us, and it's really nobody's fault. You hear me? Many times, especially when it comes to scheduling issues, especially, especially when it comes to scheduling, I see this a lot, Many arguments about scheduling, about scheduling. How come you weren't on time? And how come I have to go here? I have to go there. I have to do this, that, the other thing. How come this happened? And then we, we automatically we put on our blame hats and we start blaming our spouse. How come you didn't pick up the cleaners for me? How come you didn't go to the bank for me? How come you didn't prepare dinner for me? How come, how come you didn't dress normally for me? How, how come you didn't do this, you're doing that? And it's just like, how come you didn't do this? Remember, it really, most of the time, is not your spouse's fault. It's Hashem testing you. This is a test. You are still alive. You're listening to me, right? What's listening to you? What's listening to me? What's listening to me are your ears. They're working, Baruch Hashem. Your brain is working, Baruch Hashem. We're still alive. We're not dead. We're alive. You know why we're alive? The reason we're alive is for one simple reason. The reason we're alive is to grow. It's for us to grow, and through growth, we connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Through growth, we grow in our midas, in our shlemus. And you know where that opportunity comes up? Every day in your marriage. Every day in your marriage, there's going to be a situation where you're going to be tested to see if you could be mevater, if you can let it go, if you can rise above yourself and not blame your spouse. 
and just say to yourself, you know what? This is really not my spouse. This is a Kaddish Baruch who's doing this to me. And I'm just going to accept it. But Rabbi Greenfield, what if it is my spouse? You know what? If it is your spouse, and sometimes you're right, sometimes it is, in that case, be mevater anyways. Just say, Hashem, I'm doing it for you. I'm just letting it go. And Rabbi, I'm not telling you, ladies and gentlemen, to be mevater everything. Don't get me wrong. But almost everything. Most of the things you're doing mevater. Really, most of the things are mevater. There are some core issues that bug you. I, I know there are some core, core, core issues and, and, and negotiate. And we talk about negotiations Mr. Shemahavan on the workshop and you have to negotiate. But one of the biggest problems out there is that we're not mevater enough. And many times this mevater has to do with the fact that we're blaming our spouse. It's really not your spouse. It's really Hashem testing you. The fact that you didn't make it, the fact that she didn't make it, the fact that you asked her and it didn't work out, well, you know why it didn't work out? Because something legitimately happened. And stop blaming her and realize that something really happened. She got a phone call. She had to go to the doctor. Something happened. Something happened. And ladies, I'm talking to you as well. I'm sorry. Something happened with your husband and he wasn't able to be there for you today. He just wasn't able for whatever reason it is. He promised you, but he wasn't able to be there for you. Or, or, or he promised you the money or he promised you this, that, the other thing, and something happened. Hashem is testing us, so why don't we just be mevatar and say, Hashem, you're kel racham v'chanon, and I'm going to be racham v'chanon just like you. And I'm going to connect with you. And I'm going to get a really big schos. And I'm going to bring bracha into my home because Shalom Bayit, Shalom Bayit brings bracha. Not only is it important for the Shekhinah to come into our houses, but guess what happens when the Shekhinah comes to your house? Like the Arna Kaidish. Think about you know, the Arna Kaidish, you know, those of you who learn Nach, right? The Arna Kaidish comes to people's houses and the tremendous bracha. The Arna Kaidish could come into your house. You hear me? The Arna Kaidish comes to your house. I'm not coming to you from like some sort of like big guddle rabbi. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it with everybody I work with, all the feedback that I get. I'm seeing it. If the Arna Kaidish comes into your house, the Shalom Bayis comes into your house, it'll bring bracha. How do you do it? Be mevater. Be mevater. Let it go. Control yourselves. Control yourselves. And if your wife or your husband is not controlling themselves, remember, it's really not them. Don't look at them like, I don't believe you're talking like this. You're talking like this because you have your hats on. You're hungry, angry, tired, or stressed. Why don't you have some food? Why don't you have some drink? Why don't you go to sleep? I'm not taking you seriously. And I'm not going to tell you you have your hats on. Don't tell your spouse you have your hats on. Because that's not going to get anywhere. It's really not going to get anywhere. The only thing that's going to get you is to be mevater, to let it go. Do you have to negotiate sometimes? Absolutely. But don't just do it. You have to know what you're doing. You have to, you have to know what you're doing. My point is here, Hashem is testing you. And, you know, this show is going to be over soon, Mr. Hashem. And you're hearing me maybe on Thursday at 11.58, <laughs> January 28th, or you're hearing me on, uh, on, 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 on Monday night. But you know what I saw this morning? I'll tell you, oh, the story I told you. I saw this morning a very interesting story, because we hardly have any time now. Oh, boy, two minutes. I, I was driving. Okay, whatever. Not, not, not in the community that I live in, that we live in, whatever. It's a different community. It doesn't make a difference. And I see how a husband is so upset at his wife because he's telling her how to drive her car out of the snow. Turn right, turn left, do this, do that, and... It's not happening, and you see this woman is so... I'm, I'm driving next to them. See, this woman is so upset. She, she, you see her, she's about to cry. Like, he's telling you, why don't you do, do, do that? And he's upset. Like, I'm telling you, turn the, right, turn the wheel right. I'm telling you, turn the wheel left. Just go forward, go backwards. What's your problem? He's upset at her. Because you know why? You know why? Because he's expecting her to be a man. Stop expecting your wife to be a man. Stop expecting your husband to be a woman. And when you, we think outside ourselves, 
That's being shalom. And if you think like, you're like me, just do what I'm asking you to do. Just do it. Giving opinions. Just giving opinions. Let's not give opinions. Let's not give opinions. Let them do whatever they're doing their way. Or you know what? Better, better yet, get into the car. Say to her, Miriam, Sarah, honey, you can get out of the car. Let me do it myself for you. It's okay. You don't have to do it. It's okay. Even though in my mind, I don't understand why you can't do it yourself. But you're not me. You're not me. So I'm going without myself and I'm acting like a Kaddish Baruch Thank you so much for listening for questions, feedback, comments. 917-397-28401. 917-397-28401. You can text me. Thank you for listening. And have an amazing, amazing, wonderful, peaceful, Shalom Bayis and Kedusha-filled week. Thank you very much.